Hello, everybody. My name is Rune Eldred, and welcome to the Nerdgasmic Goodfellas Presents The Drinking Corner. I am here today with my good friend, the boss. How you doing today, man? Uh, I'm having a rough go at it. Um, just before doing this podcast or starting the podcast, I spent about 10, 15 minutes trying to fix my Xbox. That was fun to sit here and watch you do. I told you it was the cords. I did. Say, I, did I, I unplugged say it was the, the cords. I unplugged the cable, waited the ten like five to seven minutes, up, plugged everything back in. It wasn't working, and then I took a different HDMI cable, plugged it in, and went to that uh, input, and it registered. And the Xbox finally came on, and I swapped back to the original HDMI cable, and it's working fine now. And I have no idea what's going on. And uh, other than that, I'm drinking water because the boss doesn't drink that much. Nice. I don't need alcohol or beverages like that to have a good time. Well, okay. Um, I'm also drinking water, but that's also because as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm going to sleep because I have a morning shift tomorrow. But uh, we are here today to talk about the Saints Row franchise with Saints Row, the reboot coming out on the 22nd of this month. I thought it was the 23rd. Nope, 22nd. I so have Monday. It. Yep, it comes out on Monday, the day I start school. Yeah, yeah. freaking day. But since uh, Saints Row is a very popular franchise and it's something that both me and you had the joy of experiencing within the last few months as we for my personal youtube channel went through the entire saints row saga and played and beat all the games i figured that this week since brian is adjusting to his new work schedule of doing night shifts and didn't have a topic it would be good to do instead of a raw thoughts or just some random episode we did one on saints row right so yeah, with that being works. said, let's uh let's jump into the discussion. Let's talk about the original Saints Row One. Did you play so, it? I, I can't remember if you played it or not. I have beaten it. It's been a long time, but I have beaten it. It is probably one of my least favorite because I started with two. Had I started with one, probably would have been a bit better. Also, for those of you watching, I'm sorry for all the flashes of lights. Uh, I've been stuck on this mission for too long. Yeah. I and I'm just wanting to get it done real quick. In your background. I'm just wanting to get it done real quick and then I'll save and then the podcast will have my full attention again. Uh, I'm playing Project Wingman and I, it, there's no um, checkpoints. So if you die, that's it you have to then go back to the beginning of the mission. Oh, that's um, yeah. Anyway, um, oh so God, when God. it comes when it comes to the first Saints Row, like I was saying, I, I didn't actually I didn't start with it and the only reason that I ended up playing it was the fact that you know, you can't just start with the second game and not give the first one a shot. Um, it it kind of it just was a more of a Grand Theft Auto 
uh, ripoff for me. And at the time, you know, I was actually a really big Grand Theft Auto fan. Not saying I'm not much of a Grand Theft Auto fan, but like I not as much of a Grand Theft Auto fan anymore. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying because as as you stated, like you felt like the original Saints Row was a GTA ripoff, which Saints Row was made as kind of a GTA spoof clone in a sense of saying at least the first two were Saints Row 1 and 2. But Saints Row 1, which came out in 2006, because I just decided to look up everything on the first game, which was also made by THQ Nordic and Volition were the Mm -hmm. ones that did the original Saints Row, which I did not know was THQ. I vaguely remember that that fact. Oh, come on. Come on. Um... But yeah, no, I'm aware that it was pretty much a GTA ripoff, and that was part of the reason why I wasn't a major fan. Yeah, well, I, I like, feel like Saints Row Two, too. though. Uh, well, when we get to Saints Row Two, I will have a comment about that. But I was gonna say, go like you, I did also start with Saints Row Two as like the game that brought me into the franchise because my old friend, like my childhood best friend Morgan was like, dude, you got to try this game. It's absolutely hilarious. You play as a gangbanger and it's just like GTA, but it's better because you're actually like, you're a gangster. The story made more sense. And so we played it, instantly fell in love with the character of Johnny Gat. So when I moved in with my father, I was like, you know, I've never played the original Saints Row and my dad actually bought it for me. And my dad was the one that played it beforehand and he really liked it. And then we both got it hoping that the campaign was co-op, which at that point in time, Saints Row did not have a co-op campaign, but Mm -hmm. it did have like the multiplayer where you pretty much was like gang versus gang. Right. Pretty fun. I I was very happy to be able to try out the multiplayer before they shut down the lobbies and stuff, which honestly, I wish later installments of the Saints Row franchise kept its versus multiplayer. I know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think three... I think three had versus modes. I know for a fact four did. Saints Row four had uh, special missions where you and a, your co-op player went head to head. But after Saints Row two, they took out the actual like versus multiplayer that I really loved from Saints Row one. Right. But uh, let's let's talk about um, when we first went into the row. That intro cut scene of you know your created character walking down the street and everything. How was your first impression? the very first time you saw the opening cutscene for Saints Row 1. Damn, these graphics suck. <laughs> uh, what generation were you playing on? Like, Because the original one obviously released for Xbox 360, PlayStation 3. It was it was Xbox 360. It just At that time, I'd already played like Red Dead Redemption. Games, games that had the more it, solid. Yeah. Even Grand Theft Auto at that point. And then I had went back and played um, the original Saints Row. I you have my full attention, by the way. I be, I did beat the mission. Good job for one. We'll give you a round of applause. I'll throw in a little sprite of like the yay that I always throw in at points. Um, yeah, I don't listen to the podcast. 
able to hear that. Sorry. I my wow. No support. But uh I remember my first time playing through and seeing that intro cut scene. And I was like, bro, this is like one shitty day for the guy or whoever you're playing guy or i think you could be a female i can't remember if the first game let you be a female or if it set you as a male i think it forced you to stay as a male it was a really crappy day for the person yes yeah and then i just remember like first meeting the saints i did not like troy right off the bat like he had that classic early 2000s look to him where you know there was something off he had the toothpick in his mouth the slick back hair and seeing growing up seeing like things like blood in blood out and a bunch of gang related movies he screamed like narc for me so mm-hmm. i was a little disappointed spoiler alerts as we talk about each game okay I, I, I was hang not on. shocked hang yeah on. for all the games that we are currently talking about except for with the exception of the the remake the that rem- we have not had a chance to actually play these games have been out for long enough that there's not even a need for spoiler warnings anymore <laughs> i still wanted to just issue it out there but uh i i definitely i definitely was not shocked to find out that troy was a cop what troy's a cop Whoa! oh my god yeah but no i wasn't shocked um instantly fell in love because the second i heard julius's voice i was like that's keith motherfucking david and the first the first game for being what it was had such a really good star-studded cast of voice actors. Right. Because I mean they had Mila Kunis, they had uh Keith David, obviously, Daniel Day Kim, they had um I'm trying to remember the guy's name, Duncan, who uh voiced Benjamin King. I think his name was Duncan. It's Duncan something. He passed away during the making of Saints Row 4. But um, he played Ben King in the first game. But I mean, for for a game that was coming out that was meant to be just like kind of a spinoff spoof of a really popular, well-selling franchise, they really did pack a punch with the voice casting. Which seemed to follow they suit. Really, they game. really had to, though. And then later on in the series so uh so i had actually funny enough i saw an article today that was talking about the fact that a lot of the voice actors early on or some of the voice actors early on were actually criminals before or had rap sheets and as saints row was maturing especially saints row three or the third sorry saints row the third um they ended up replacing a lot of those uh, actors with uh, voice actors and actresses who were more celebrity status and had a yeah. bit more, you know, names. Troy Baker, and... Nolan North. Yes. To so name a how few. Did, how, since Saints Row won the 2006 one, um was the only game in the franchise to feature a silent protagonist how did you feel about that because i don't i don't really know say you... he's a silent protagonist though he has he has four he has a four lines. one-liners he has four what he has three one-liners and one monologue throughout the entire game yes 
but because I don't know your personal stance on how you feel about open world um, role playing games where you play a silent so because I for like Fallout. Hate it. Yeah, for Fallout, Fallout, at least from from a, a like a modding standpoint, having a silent protagonist, which if I'm not mistaken, Starfield, your protagonist is going to be voiceless. There's going to be you're going to be saying things and being able to select dialogue. But there's not actually going to be a voice there, which makes modding easier and makes the um, work on the modding community easier because then they don't have to go through and try to find voice lines that fit up with um, what they're wanting your character to be saying, you know? Yeah. Now, going back to what you're actually getting at, I did not mind the fact that your protagonist, the your player was um no not talking because a lot of games you know half-life portal gta online (laughs) gta online um grand theft auto 3 they don't the character doesn't actually speak so i'm used to playing as a character that does not talk so, so seeing it, it really did not bother me all that much. The fact that the character did not speak. So for me, my perspective on it, I I don't like silent protagonists um, that have a voice at certain parts. So like Destiny did this, where Destiny 1, um, your character is silent throughout the entire game until the end at the end of the game and I think in the DLCs your character talks and you don't get to select the voice so I felt like especially with Saints Row 1 my character's voice didn't fit the character granted the one-liners were funny and I laughed but games were like Fallout uh, 1, 2, 3 New Vegas where your character is silent and you get to choose the dialogue I don't Mm -hmm. mind because then in that case, at least I'm selecting what to say and I'm kind of reading it out loud to myself. So I hear myself. Your, your voice is the protagonist. Yeah. Fallout 4, I didn't mind because you still selected the dialogue, but your character said something different. It wasn't reading the words word for word, which I found it interesting. But yeah, games where... You play a silent protagonist that says nothing throughout the game. I could understand because, especially with Saints Row 1, the playa was a person that was initially just in a traumatizing situation, got inducted into a gang and just didn't say anything, and he followed everybody. He followed Gat, he followed Troy, Julius, and he just did what he was told. And it wasn't until special circumstances, like with killing Tanya or anybody any of the other lieutenants where your character would be like standing in the elevator and gas like i'm a skull fuck this bitch and your character's like "Eh, hope you don't get hepatitis and walks through and everybody's like oh it's chlamydia hepatitis or chlamydia whichever one i can't remember right now because it's been a while but like the shock value that it brought for your character getting comfortable enough with the surrounding characters to actually say something and showing right. that 
that line of dialogue did impact them in a way because they're both like he just he just said something Mm -hmm. but i felt like it was also for the theme of saints row it was kind of ruined because you couldn't select the voice and then the kind of monologue you get at the end of the game where he's just like oh fuck you i want to get freckled bitches and it was anticlimactic for the end it would have been better if he just Um, didn't say anything you find out you get betrayed and then die so taking the the topic of the player and kind of just going to the entire franchise because the entire franchise with the exception of sort of got out of hell you play as one person through the entire series i want to touch base on this after asking you one more question because that 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 was literally my next topic was going to be talking about them throughout okay well then we will we will jump back to that go ahead and ask me the question what is what to kind of solidify and finish with saints row one because there's not a lot i think either of us would really say about it because outside of its story there wasn't any dlcs or anything noteworthy to talk about what was one thing you think saints row did right that kind of first saints row the first saints row what were things that you think it did right that kind of drew you into the game to make you think it was kind of either set above or equal to gta or it actually stuck like, with the gang banging unlike san andreas yeah i that was <laughs> not, not, that, not to throw san andreas under on this one but uh that is it introduces that gang banging and then you spend most of the, the game through. yeah you you lose that and then eventually it does come back spoiler eventually you do get back to los santos and finally it will re-unlock the gang banging part of you running around trying to capture the city again because the parts that you had already captured are now recaptured by the other gangs by ballers and i think they're the Vatos, vagos yeah i i agree with you on the aspect that that was something that drew me into the original saints row was early 2000s especially for me like the gangster stuff was definitely a hype train because like younger me i listened to like g unit and a lot of gangster rap so san andreas was obviously at that point in time my favorite grand theft auto because it had the gang banging it had the compelling story i really liked the character cj and coming in as your own created character, which I loved. I love games that allow you to make you for the game. You came in, you were a gang that was out to take over the city. And that's exactly what you did. You had the Carnales, the rulers, and the um, kings. Three rival right. gangs that you're going against. You took over all the gang territory. And then it kind of went into the perspective of now that you took everything over, you are now on the most wanted list and the city is after you. Right. Which for me at that point in time, 2006, 7, 8, et cetera, was a really compelling feature for the game that I really like. And I liked that you were able to call up members of the gang like Johnny Gat, Troy, and everybody to kind of run around the city, free roam, do activities, and really immerse yourself into the environment of Stillwater. 
Right. Um, one other thing I was going to touch on is Saints Row. It, you know, the original Saints Row and Saints Row 2 was almost pretty much just solely gangbanging. Yeah. But I don't, I cannot think of another game like big name game off the top of my head that actually had you playing as a gangbanger and going around, you know, doing drive-bys and taking over parts of the city and, and tagging. Like San Andreas, we did touch on, briefly had that for yeah, part of the game. Like the, first third, the first third of the game and then the final third of the game. You're I wouldn't even like... say it's final third. It's like uh, the first quarter or first fifth of the game, and then like the last sixth of the game, it's re-unlocked. But you know, it, there's not many games out there that do that. And granted, the first Saint, uh, Saints Row, as we've hammered in multiple points now, <laughs> was a knockoff grand theft auto it had enough of a separation of you know yeah it's an open world game where you can do crime run around shoot people do missions but But. the thing that set it apart was it focused on you are a criminal you are a gangbanger you're not some like you're not carl johnson going from gangbanging to running from the police to hide in like the second part of the game where you get exiled from pretty much Grove Street and everything. You, from the start to the finish of Saints Row, you are a gangbanger. You are terrorizing the city of Stillwater as a gang member. There's no, like, uh, well, what's the best way to put it? Like um, Grand Theft Auto 4, where you come in fresh, you're like trying to have a legitimate life. And then you're like right. a cab driver that gets thrown into the mafia that does bank heists. You're not ex- right. you're not climbing a ladder of like let's get to the next biggest thing that we could get to. You start from petty criminal to becoming like a lieutenant in your gang from start to right. finish of Saints Row. And I think indefinitely that is something that set it apart as well as the activities. The activities weren't as outrageous as future installments, but it was enough to where it took you out of the like running around killing cops, prostitutes, civilians, and other gang members to do some insurance fraud, which is another crime, mayhem. And you just focused on crime-related activities, drug running, all that. Right prostitution other gang related criminal activity right so at this point i think we've kind of we're, we're done with the original saints row yes yeah. or do you have something else that you wanted to talk about with the um essentially anything else i have left to talk about the original saints row will just be references for other things like a callback because there's things like Lynn and other characters that I'll reference as we continue on. The fact but, that we've dealt with zombies now multiple times. Yeah. 
So uh, um, let's, let's move the segue over into Saints Row 2. So Saints Row 2 was my first interaction with the Saints Row series because, like I said, the original Saints Row, it just felt like a knockoff. And it didn't draw me in because unlike you, I didn't actually, I don't listen to, what'd you call it, gangster rap? Gangster rap or just. I don't listen to that kind of music. And the whole reason why I ended up picking up Saints Row 2 was it was in a uh, dual case with, um, what was it? It was with another game. Forza. Motorsports 3, I think. It was it was like a really weird combo thing. And that was the only reason why I ended up getting the game. You're giving a weird look. Is everything okay? Yeah. The, when I go to speak, I'll, I'll talk about what I just pulled up on Saints Row 2. Okay. So I ended up playing Saints Row 2 for a little bit and then <laughs> i actually ended up trading it back into gamestop and then i ended up buying the dual pack of saints row one saints row two I because at that point over there because at that point i was like you know what i've given saints row two enough of a shot and i i do actually enjoy it i should probably get the original and at least attempt to play it um Sorry, dropped my phone. Uh, but yeah, so Saints Row 2 is where I started off. And granted, I didn't know the story of why you were in prison, why you were waking up from a, a coma, because I hadn't beaten the first game. But I appreciated the fact that I didn't actually need to really know that. I, it established kind of early on, it's like, okay, the Saints were a gang. Saints are no longer a thing. Well, it establishes right there, like in the intro cutscene, as the prison guards are walking to you, that they're like, "This is the crazy fucker that like killed the mayor." Was, well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gang leader, all that. It was like what I was re- referencing specifically is the cutscene after you escape from prison because you literally woke up from a coma immediately, went on a, a fucking murder spree. And broke out of jail. With it's Carlos. when you're when you're on the ship with Carlos, and he says, and if you ever forget uh, where you are, just take a look at uh, freaking Saints Ultor Saints Row. Look at the row, and then you end up going on the mission to go save Gat from, from well, from court, from court, from going to prison. You know, with the statute of limitations, I really think it should be closer to 250. So Saints Row 2 came out in 2008, once again developed by Volition, but also co-developed by CD Projekt Red for the Windows port. Um, CD Projekt made the Windows version of Saints Row 2. But it was also published by THQ and Deep Silver, which Deep gotcha. Silver Linux went on to publish the rest of the franchise. Right. Um, 
Saints Row 2, obviously, as we stated earlier, is where we started off at. Intro cutscene is amazing because, again, if you've never played the first game, they clue you in. Is it the group chat or? Yeah. Oh, okay. For those of you who are only listening and not watching the podcast, which is okay, <laughs> you don't have to watch the podcast on our group channel, Nergasmic Goodfellas. You can find if you on wanted other podcast to, streaming apps. Or, or yeah, I, I, you know, I I was referencing the fact that we're we're out there on multiple platforms. You know, whatever you happen to be listening to us on. Um, but if you're not watching uh i had made a weird face towards my phone and that's what he was referencing anyway anyways as i was stating earlier on the uh the second game's intro cut scene it fills you in on pretty much everything as two guards are discussing that uh one of the characters aisha who was a pop star singer that was also in a relationship with one of the saints lieutenants johnny gat she um dies in the first game quote unquote dies and they're like for someone who's dead she seems to still release an album every year like getting you established with that character they talk about how mayor alderman hughes dies in a boat explosion um as the guards are descending down the stairs you can see a person in a purple beanie get shanked and then, like, immediately escorted to the gurney next to where you are. Um, right. Saints Row 2 was the first game that allowed female customization. They brought in a full entire voice acting crew for it. You got the Australian accent, the kind of Hispanic accent, and then a African, African Caucasian kind of accent. And then you had three vo- female voice ones. White, British, and... Hispanic. Hispanic. Were the three voices for Saints Row 2. Yes. Saints Row 3 brought in four, and then Saints Row 4 brought in five voice things for it. Three had another voice. Did it? Brains. Okay, so they did add in, like, a whole other one. Yeah, where you right. can go through the entire Either which game way. Brains. Either which way, um, like all three of the voice acting too were completely separate from each other because obviously you had the British one, the Hispanic, and then the other, which had different fluctuations for their voices. So the lines weren't delivered the same. The dialogue would actually change. Right. And um through Carlos, you get a lot more perspective as Carlos talks about how he was related to one of the gang members from the original crew, how the crew disbanded after Troy became chief of police, Dex backstabbed everybody, and Julius disappeared. Right. So the the intro to Saints Row 2, by far, is probably one of my favorite intros to a game ever because apart from just the absolute fun it was to just either stealth your way out of the police station or say fuck it and go on the rampage and just murder everybody. Well, that's just whether or not you needed the tutorial or not. Yeah. It was very informative. Yes. Saints Row 2, I also think, did a really good job with character development and establishing characters. 
compared compared to its predecessor, Saints Row One, it flushed out character arcs a little bit better because like re-returning characters that you see in Saints Row Two from One is obviously Johnny Gat, Aisha, Mm -hmm. Troy, Dex, and Julius, and then you have some minor characters like Legally, Jane Valderrama, and just other minor side characters but taking the main cast alone the first game did don't forget the like, hot dog person oh yeah hot dog you can't forget hot dog person but you also can't forget about freckle bitches either all about the freckle bitches but um the first game like the way they handled johnny gat for the like the short amount of time he was in the story because obviously he does your canonization and then debating on how well you did in the canonization in the first game you had one or two cutscenes. You either had the one where everybody beats the shit out of you and Gat kind of like disses on you. Or you have the one where you beat the shit out of everybody and you get like a bunch of respect from Gat. And he's like, nobody's done that good since my canonization. And then obviously he takes the shotgun to his leg, which completely destroys his leg. And he's out for like the rest of the King's storyline until the very end where you go to kill Tanya. But in Saints Row 2, the very first time you see Gat is just one of the most iconic scenes in the franchise for me with him in the courtroom. They're going over the statute of limitation for murder. He tells the judge just just straight up shove the gavel up her ass. You bust in, the bullet goes off, everybody drops down and Gat's just standing there like a gangster. And then to just even expand on that with like the Ronin storyline from him losing Aisha spoilers and literally being impaled by a sword. Hang on, hang on real quick. For those of you listening, if you want to actually see all the gameplay and both me and Rune playing Saints Row 2, Saints Row 3, the third, uh, four, it's only Rune Eldred, unfortunately, and get out of hell the entire series is going to be up on his youtube channel rune eldred get out of hell is going to be re getting released it's not quite being released yet but it It has been recorded released by the (laughs) time by the time this comes out the first no three days after this comes out the first episode of get out of hell should air because the Saints Row Saga playlist will end the day the reboot comes out. Yes. So if you want to experience the game with us, granted it's not our first time playing the game. It was my first time for Get Out of Hell. I Well, I was referring specifically to Saints Row 2 because that's where we're currently talking to, talking about. Yeah. I I implore you to go to Rune Eldred's channel, which Rune, I know everything's going to be in the description, but do you want to verbally say the uh, YouTube link? Uh, the YouTube link will be at www. or forward slash God, I don't even know how you are. No, it's, it's, anymore. it's, it's <laughs> HTTPS. Uh, but colon slash slash www dot y-o-u-t-u-b-e dot c-o-p-c-o-m sorry i was spelling something else there 
forward forward slash r-y-u-n-n space e-l-d-r-e-d now is it actually a space or is it an underline i think it's i think it's the underline I don't remember. It'll be linked down below. I'm sorry. It's under. It's the in Saints the description, ladies and gentlemen. It's under Saints Row Saga. I just got done editing the playlist yesterday to update everything and put things in chronological order. But as we were talking about with Saints Row Two with Johnny Gat, like everything okay. <laughs> Yes, the cat was eating the plant. Okay. As I was saying with Saints Row 2, though, like, you see Gat just change. And the the funeral scene outside of the courtroom, like, the most badass scene in the entire game, I have to say, goes to the funeral scene. Where they just take Hikuji... And they literally bury him alive. And you just see Gat at like the lowest point in his life. Just Mm. like all despair. Kill this guy. Who has no fucking respect. Couldn't even let them bury it. Barrier. Granted, the body that was in the coffin was not Aisha. No. But still. Like, it it was probably a really impactful scene. It's definitely one of those scenes that, for my own personal opinion, on, like, a top 10 playlist of most badass video game characters would solidify Johnny Gat being up there. And then then you had uh, characters like Shondi, which, what was what was the last name they went for? Not Shondi Tin, but... Yeah, it's so... (laughs) Um, Shondi canonically does not have a, a last name, name, but another character that is introduced in Saints Row the Third is Kinsey Kensington. And so during a live stream, they joked that Shondi's last name is Shondi Shondington. I think it was what it was. <laughs> Still funny. But um they they bring in characters like Shondi, Pierce, Carlos, which God. Every Saints Row game has a running theme of bringing in a zombie character. The first Saints Row, they took the lieutenant for the Rollers gang, Lynn, and turned her into a zombie. In the second game, they take one of your lieutenants, Carlos, and kill him off in the Brotherhood storyline, which you could call him as a zombie. And they did a really good job of kind of making you feel for these characters instead of making them kind of two-dimensional or one-dimensional gangbangers. They give the characters personality. They it'd be two two-dimensional, by the way. The the third dimension is depth. Oh, okay. My bad for not being smart enough. The handprint on my fucking webcam for the Zoom call keeps throwing me off because there's like a little hand mark and it would be over my nose when I talk. And it just it kept distracting me. But they had so much depth and character to them and they introduce humor in a fun way for it like with pierce always being overshadowed by shondi so it's like pierce doesn't get looked at in the second game as a serious character even though he later on in future installments is either through choices you make becomes the mayor he becomes the spokesperson 
But through Saints Row 2, it's just hilariously overlooked as as soon as he has a plan, Shondi just happens to say it like a second before he does. Well, no, it will be Pierce says the plan and then Shondi says the plan and the player and everybody else is like, no, Shondi, that's a great idea. Pierce is like, I just what said that. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Pierce. I also like the evolution of you start off in Saints Row 1 as the player. Saints Row 2, you're now the boss. Because right. you're now the one running the gang. I also like the fact that they took the low-level people like Legally. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy that gave you the Hitman missions in Saints Row 1 that comes back in Saints Row 2 as like the Ronin's rival that you help. Right. But he was a minor character in Saints Row 1 that just got a bigger role. And pretty much there was no real throwaway character. And then they brought in like Neil Patrick Harris's veteran child. So again, with like bringing in really profile, profile, however you say it, actors to voice act in this game was amazing. Um, What are things you think Saints Row 2 did right? As you yell at Loki. <laughs> I just realized you muted your microphone. So that was a bad time to ask a question. But what are no, things? No, no, it's, 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 it's all good. It's all good. Sorry. Uh, he's he's not listening anyway. So I'll have to get up in a moment to um, throw him off the shelf. For those of you listening, I'm not going to literally throw him off the shelf. I'm just going to pick him up and set him down. Um, so your question was... What do you think are things that Saints Row 2 did right? So one thing or a couple things that I think that it did right is one, it kept what Saints Row was. So it was it was about the gang banging. It was about being a fucking badass and taking over the city. And it it's st- it stuck to its guns. You know, it secondly, it, oh. it, secondly, I'm going to get through all my ideas real quick before you throw it, your cat. <laughs> it also was able to distinguish itself of going, hey, listen, I'm not just a copy of Grand Theft Auto. I'm actually my own entity and I have other things that you can't do in Grand Theft Auto. Like sing along to the radio. Your character will actually do it. Or, you know, go explore the underground mall with a septic tank septic tank truck spewing crap everywhere to lower property value. Or, you know, run into traffic and go get hit on purpose and get paid to do it. Go ahead. I I agree with the fact that Saints Row 2 definitely stepped out from behind the curtain, took a lot of the things that made Saints Row 1 amazing, like the side activities of with uh, insurance fraud, which they brought back from one mayhem. They added in new activities like the Septic Avenger, which you talked about. And they stepped out and said, we're no longer a clone of GTA. We are something that is good enough to rival GTA. And they added they added a really big personality with the game by 
again, allowing you to once again roam around the streets of Stillwater with your favorite characters as homies. They brought in the co-op mode, so it was awesome to be able to play as our own versions of the boss where I could be the British lunatic and you're like the American psycho version as we're running around doing whatever Ah, we're doing. I like that reference. American psycho. You're welcome. welcome. Um, The, the side activities alone, everything excluding heli assault was enough (sighs) to make you want to play the game. The collectible. Okay. Okay. The collectible. <laughs> Hell, he let's his own let's video. stop real quick and just discuss the Hell bullshit that was Helios. So, even even when we did manage to actually switch with me flying and you shooting, it, it's still we struggled in co op with Helios Salt because, uh. I'm sorry, I'm taking a dramatic pause as I look at my cat. As it's okay, dramatic pauses is what gets people invested. Here, talk for a second. So, to continue off of Boss's tangent here, Heli Assault was a excruciatingly painful side quest where, especially if you have latent, latency issues with your internet, could really be that, like, just something that yeah that's the word i was trying to say but i'm eating sour candy and my mouth ain't working right sure we all got our excuses i'm also (laughs) have a red bluff education so you know take that with a grain of salt but heli assault was by far one of the worst side activities in the game but as i was saying um even running around just doing the collectibles had meaning Because you could find the CDs like you could in Saints Row 1 with the CDs. And you would unlock hidden songs throughout the games. Like, you know, bounce like my checks did back in the day. Love that song. Um, The tags had purpose because it was disrupting gang influence. The game had a chock full of Easter eggs. Like the giant bunny that came out of the water. Which is canon. It wasn't just an Easter egg. It is something other games talk about in the franchise as canon as a mysterious giant bunny figure emerges from the sea as Godzilla. Um, Everything that was in the game had purpose. Even if it was something just off the walls hilarious as like streaking or zombie Lynn being spotted or zombie Carlos being spotted. Right. Um, God. It was just Saints Row 2 was probably... Saints Row 2 was definitely a highlight in the franchise. So, are you ready to step to the third one? Or do you have anything I, else to say about this? I want to say one thing Saints Row 2 did wrong. Oh, okay. And that is the Ultor exposed DLC by making nothing out of the ending of it. Because Ultor goes on to still be a like multi-billion dollar company that actually gets overtaken by the Saints and is a huge plot point for Saints Row 3. Or not huge, but it's worked into the story of Saints Row 3 and 4. 
And essentially you work with porn star Tara Patrick to bring down old tour and nothing happens of it. Yeah. Which is okay. Like, you know, it was a fun mission story chain. You got Tara as a companion. So actually going off of this, I did read that there was a canceled game. It was a mobile game that, had you going after Dex because Dex was supposed to be killed. Um, in the other, in the what was it, um, corporate warfare DLC, yeah, which brought back Dex. Yeah, it was Dex managed to escape. Well, in the mobile game, which was working to try and fill in the gap between two and three, you are you go out and you were going to kill Dex, and then you were also helping uh, Terra tear down Ultor, and at that point, eventually have the Saints take it over. But the game was canceled. Saints Row did do, I think, like two or three mobile games. Yeah. But that that would have been interesting to have in there, because like, for me personally, it's frustrating to see that storyline go nowhere. And then not be picked up ever again or talked about or hinted in like the news articles you could see throughout three and four or anything like that right so with the success of saints row 2 we got eventually saints row the third not called three but saints row the third which i felt like gave it more of a proper title which the entire franchise um give me a second i'm pulling up the game right now Saints Row the Third came out in 2011, so it seems like there's a consistency of two to three years between each game. Mm-hmm. Um, Saints Row the Third for me when I first played it because I've only beaten it twice. I beat it the first time when it very first ever came out, and then I beat it in the playlist saga that Boss Boss and I did together. Uh, my first impression on Saints Row the Third, I didn't really like it because it takes a huge my first playthrough perspective of it, I thought it took a huge step away from what made Saints Row 2 so good. It, it did. No, it, I it loved, really did. I loved Saints Row 2. I spent hours of my childhood playing it. I beat it hundreds of times. I played it with my friends. It was a game me and my father played all the time. So to jump into Saints Row the third, I didn't like the character design because I thought it was way too cartoonish. Um, David, I think I lost you. David? We are going to take it. Okay, you're you're back? Hey, there, hi. There we yes, go. Yes, I'm back. It was telling me uh, that I lost you, and now it just now popped up saying hey your internet connection is unstable well my internet connection is stable it's yours that's unstable it's probably my internet that's unstable because you know my internet sucks but uh as i was saying i didn't care for the character design um i didn't like at that time because my perspective on the game has changed since me and you have played it at the time i felt like it took what was a gang banging game and turned it into something that was just a comedy. 
of like over the top action. No, it's it's still it's still that. So I'm gonna jump in and interrupt you real quick, and I'm sorry. It's all good. But for me, Saints of the Third, it went from the kind of more serious, hey, we're taking over the city to mm, we're influencers now and we don't do the gang banging stuff. And then they took the graphics and they really made it more comical to really differentiate itself from Grand Theft Auto. It'd be like, no, we, are, we really are just our own thing. We're, we're our own series. And then they just took the kooky and cranked it up to 11. You know, it, uh, the, what was the, the weapon called? You know exactly what weapon I'm thinking of. Oh, the dildo bat? Yeah. It had, it had a, I, I do, I do love that it's the dildo bat. No, no, it has a, like a different name. Devastator or something like that. The violator. That's it. No, the violator is the anal probe that you shove up into them and then you shoot it off in four. Oh. Anyway. I just called it the dildo bat. I mean, that's essentially what it was. But I know it was it was in two as well, but it was not a weapon that you were able to wield. No, because the gimps had it in two, huh? But, so, when... <laughs> In the entire run, Saints of the Third is not one that I look upon highly. It's like, eh. It's also extremely short. It's not the yeah. shortest in the series because no, that goes to yeah. get out of hell. But it is very short because as me and you were playing, which this might just be the fact that with Saints Row 1 and Saints Row 2, you had to do the side missions to you earn did. respect to be able to actually launch the mission the story which is a feature from one and two that i think was better than any of the other installments i i like the fact that we had to have respect and do side quests because it made you though experience you more could the glitch game. it and if you got your respect up to 99 it just stayed at 99 also, I don't think that there was 99 missions, so it really doesn't matter. No, most of the Saints Row games only had 60 missions. But some of the missions that would count towards it was literally like, especially in Saints Row 3, where it'd just be a just scene. a phone call. Oh, yeah. In a cutscene. And that was the entire mission, which was, as we played through Saints Row the Third Remastered, was something I didn't really like after being a little bit more mature and starting the game with you. I liked it a little bit more. The intro, I still don't really care for the, the fact that we became idols because we took over old tour and instead of gang banging, we just decided for kind of essentially like a world domination through being celebrities. We're now idolized for being these horrible people Pierce is now the face and spokesperson of Saints of the Saints brand. We're no right. longer we're no longer the Third Street Saints. We're just known as the Saints from this point on because the gang turned into a brand. Pierce right. is pushing Saints flow. There's uh, 
like I want to sleep with Shondi. Yeah, the I want to sleep with Shondi TV show. Uh, Johnny Gat has a vehicle after him. That's like a tour bus guide. Well, that's the that's the no, it's not a tour bus. It's just a, a marketing thing for the uh, Saints and Sinners. Yeah, it, it was just it was one of those things where it was like playing for the first time and then playing for the second time. The first time I was just like, this is a little. Um, well, well what's the word for it? it? It was just a cash cow. It felt like like they cashed in, they phoned in. On it all. And then even with like the death of Johnny Gat and probably one of my favorite scenes of doing the skydiving out of the plane with Shondi and everything, I felt like that was probably the the like the apex of it all. Going it's also the first time. it's also where the game really became a little meta. Yes, because as you're falling down. You know, your character commenting, wow, there's really a lot of stuff that was in that plane. I was like, oh, wow. You know, commenting on the fact that there's a crap ton of stuff that it really was not that much cargo in the plane. And As they we're really like just stretched through. it out. Yeah, they, they definitely became a lot more meta with it, with like references, character dialogues, um, even like the side activities just became a little bit more kooky, as you like said earlier, with mm-hmm. like um, Professor Genki and stuff like that, where people are glorifying the gangbanging murderous actions that the Saints had, where now you have Murderable. a TV show of like Professor Genki's like murder bowl, the the like maze murder mazes that he had i can't remember the name for him right yeah now. it was per, uh professor gecky's uh ethical reality climax or something like that yeah something and like then that. murder brawl is that's what the luchadors the that's, that was their version of their wwe essentially yeah their wrestlemania yeah and then i also felt like the characters were a little bit more phoned in um Obviously not for like your lieutenants, Shondi, because Shondi had a lot of character growth. I mean, yeah, she did have a lot of character growth. Out of everybody in the game, Shondi had the most development. I feel like because she went from the stoner chick that kind of just clumsily clumsily made her way through everything. Also had a lot of exes. Yeah, to being pretty much the badass of the saints. Now that gap was gone. And then to literally make her kind of go through the depression of like Gat's death was on her and a bunch of other stuff. It really enforced the character. There was more bonding moments for you and the other, I'm going to call them legacy characters because you do a sing-along with Pierce. Your character has more personality. Um, I like the fact that something I think Saints Row the Third did right was the choices. Because it added to replayability to the game where it was like, you could either take over Lauren's tower or destroy it. You could either unmask Killbane or you let him keep his mask. You could either save Shondi or you could let her die to extract revenge on Killbane or just kill Killbane in general. Right. There was like a lot of choices you could do. Um, The DLCs were pretty funny too. 
with uh with what they had for it. I agree with you in the terms of saying Saints Row 3 doesn't place really high in my meter of games. It places for I'll me, do my ranking still... later. Yeah, I'll do, we'll, I'll do my we'll, ranking we'll later. We'll do the ranking later. So I'm ready to go to four. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about three? Um essentially the only thing else i could really talk about with three would be more on the characters because it does introduce other characters that stay in like matt miller which i didn't i did not give a shit about matt miller still don't uh david burke who is with you at the very beginning of the game because he is trying to portray you in a movie which is the whole reason why he was there in the first place to him having like this love interest for Shondi, which Shondi hated him. She and also does. being night and also being Nightblade. Um, they introduced Oleg, which honestly I really wish they kept him in future games because I did like Oleg. I thought the character ban- I thought for him being a brute, but also being extremely intelligent was really great as a character because it added mm-hmm. more depth to what he could do. Kinsey Kensington, obviously you gotta love because uh yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons to like her. And then her hidden personality with all the gimp stuff, and then like she the first time you're supposed to see the dildo bat in Saints Row 3 is in a cutscene because she has it in like her safe house, and like Pierce and the boss are like playing with it against each other as she's like right. debriefing us on stuff. But um it was like uh, okay, I do. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about there. Sorry, go ahead. It was like uh, apart from like just that, I didn't care about the Viola twins. I didn't care about Matt Miller, Nightblade. Um, I thought that in terms of the gangs, you don't get rid of any of them. Like no. even when you beat the game, they're still there. They're still rampant in the city unlike mm-hmm. the other two entries and i just felt like it was doing a lot of stuff to accomplish nothing and right. the the bad ending is the only ending that made me feel like something was actually accomplished cuz the canon ending to the game you save shondi you save um mayor reynolds. mayor mayor burnt reynolds which was awesome actually an awesome cameo i did want to talk about that and then, like, Cyrus Temple just leaves the Senator Hughes, the mayor's wife, just leaves. Nothing gets accomplished. Well, so it, it, just it felt... cannot, it's the con, uh, the canon ending and where it also leads to the Saints in Space. Yeah. The but it also, leads... it sets up him being alive for Saints Row 4. Yeah, which it leads to the intro to 4, which was a good intro. However, I also think they went very meta with the zombies because in Saints Row 1 and 2, the zombies was kind of a nice feature because it was cool. It was like, oh, my companion died. I could call the Aya Jade and get Zombie Lynn or in 2, I could call Aya Jade and get Carlos. And it was interesting because their character model reflect how they died. Lynn looked drowned. She had seaweeds over. Carlos had a giant hole in his head and his skin was ripped apart. For Saints Row the Third, they messed up by one giving you zombie gat. Because right. obviously, as we know, gat did not die. Canonically, no. 
canonically no so there's there's the plot hole there with that um you could i think it was interesting that they allowed you to have zombie companions if you decided to not help the mayor but it was just everything was meta over the top and the unrealism of it took me out of the franchise right and made but me that's also that's kind of that's kind of where they were going is they were taking the game and going listen we're going to we're we're going to the extremes here yeah. because we which are not ul- grand theft auto which ultimately as i said before my first time playing compared to my second time i completely differentiate on how i view the game cuz now i like saints row 3 and i am playing it again on my own to get the other achievements and other things i didn't do when me and you played same thing with got out of hell right. but um what what is something you think saints row 3 did right did right did right um the stronghold upgrades yeah i so with saints row 2 purgatory as you progress through the game purgatory would upgrade itself yeah now it this is a good and bad thing because with saints row the three they have the three strongholds that you're able to upgrade and basically you just take the building and go higher like two levels higher you you turn into a gaping skyscraper but um the interior doesn't change no they also saints row 2 allowed many different gang vehicles while saints row the third limited it to you had four options so on one hand yeah on one hand you know it makes it easier to go okay these are the vehicles that the saints are driving i don't have to worry about it anymore now the customization for the saints changed like you know you're able to have four different variants running around but the vehicle options didn't um, which I'm going with like a pro and a con. Go ahead. What were what you going to say? I was going to say, compared to its predecessor, Saints Row 2, I didn't like the lack of customizational things. Like, as I stated beforehand, I didn't like the character design for one because I don't like my characters being the big, bulky muscle people that they were, which I got to right. appreciate for the remaster. They kind of did take that away. Because if you look at images of Saints Row 3 and then Saints Row 3 Remastered, you can see it, especially in Johnny Gat, like the original character model for Johnny Gat, he was like extremely like muscularly brutish. Right. Compared to in Saints Row 3, he's just a little bit more jacked than he was in 2. Mm-hmm. But like, even outside of character customization, the cribs was something I really enjoyed in Saints Row 2 was like you got to purchase properties which also helped you make it feel like you're taking over the city you got to customize those properties you got side act you got side side activities that gave you customizable saints vehicles like the saint ambulance the saints 5-0 but you also were able to take any vehicle customize it you had a plethora of saints gang vehicles on like three it was like they took the customization and minimalized it for three right which especially (laughs) even in the outfits i felt like the same exact way it was like they just 
limited what you could do with it. So I'm I'm laughing because the question you had asked me was what is something that Saints Row Three did right, and I had said oh yeah you know the strongholds you know you were able to upgrade and that was cool, cool yeah you, but you, then cool but you then you reminded upgrade. me that Saints Row Two had way better so options much. it did fuck it, it is there's it is not a lot that Saints Row Third did right. It is genuinely hard for me to think on what Saints Row 3 did right that made it better than its predecessors. Now, other than giving you multiple choices so that way you had more options to play through. That is literally the only thing I could think of. I will say the remaster on my property. The remaster did the um the game right. And so graphically going through making the characters look better that was that was a major plus and it would be really cool for them to go through and give a graphical okay hang on before i finish the sentence it would be cool but it is not necessary because we've already seen this go wrong for them to go through and polish up saints row 2 However, if we're going off of that, you know, thought process. I actually I actually had um I was gonna save it for Saints Row Four when we talk about Saints Row Four, but exactly what you're saying right now, I have a point to make in that as well. We've we've seen them go through, or not necessarily the volition, but we've seen a really popular game get you know, three of them go through, get repolished up and cleaned up, and then just get uh shit on i was trying to keep my voice my language clean but sorry i mean we're talking about a mature game we're gonna have some mature languages True. but no i i i feel it too i'm legitimately right now trying to think of something that set saints row three apart from the others kenzie city yeah new city Mm -hmm. The storyline, I want to say, wasn't that bad. There was moments that kind of made me go, uh, but it brought back um, the Hughes fam- family by making um, the mayor's wife, who becomes senator, want to take down the saints and then actually is the reason on why we're kicked out of Stillwater. Well, so I think I think it was cool that they gave us a change of scenery. Yes. We'll go with that. That is the positive. <laughs> that is the positive. They gave us a change. Uh, okay, some of the vehicles were cool too because I got to say, I do love the VTOL. The VTOL is one of my favorite vehicles. And then just kind of the companions and the banter you could hear between people was cool too in the cutscenes. And then the remastered Kinsey Kensington, you just got to kind of love because, you know, 